You're listening to the Underdog Sports NFL Show with host Chris Horwadell and Mario Hines. Brought to you by Underdog Sports. Hey everybody, welcome to this post-Super Bowl edition, sounds weird to say, of the Underdog NFL Show. Chris Horwadell, joined by Mario Hines. Buddy, how you doing? I'm good, man. I have literally, no, it's actually figuratively, experience the benefit of duality wow this is getting existential here on the nfl it is it is because the detroit rams thing it was like a joke it was a joke Mm -hmm. but then it became so real and now i have lived two different identities in one branching timelines if you will oh my gosh when that we won the super bowl but then we did it yeah yeah that's where i'm at all right well Congratulations and also no congratulations. Thank you for the balance. Where I'm at. Um, (laughs) The Super Bowl is over, but football does not go away. I mean, we've got we've got the combine next month. We've got uh, we've got free agency next month. We've got the NFL draft the month after. We've got OTAs after that. We've got mini camps. And at that point, we're, we're back at training camp all of a sudden. So while uh, there there is some time in between now and training camp, it is not going to be uh, left unfilled by the National Football League, and there's uh, plenty to talk about. I've got BovadaSportsBook.com open in front of me, and we have a shocking amount of stuff to talk about and uh, interesting lines here, despite the fact that football's biggest game has uh, now come and gone. Before we get to that, let's let's talk Super Bowl Fifty Six. the The Rams pull it out. They screw my parlay by only winning by three instead of uh, by covering the four. But mm-hmm. neither here nor there. What did you make of this game? I thought it was a very good game. Not a great game, but better than just a game. Mm-hmm. Um, the stars showed up, the and then drama the was there. Yeah, yeah. The drama was there, which is the torn ACL mixed with the potentially game-blowing call or game-shifting oh, no call. My goodness! Uh, so I thought, all in all, like it gave me, it gave me a good enough, a good enough game to where you're like, like I tweeted out, like just don't let this be 17-6 Rams where McVay's doing too much and the offense looks terrible and the Bengals are out of their element and we're just getting through the quarters. It wasn't that. It wasn't. Uh, you you alluded to that non-call on the T. Higgins touchdown. My goodness, that is one of the most egregious missed calls I've ever seen in a Super Bowl. Like, you have to, as a referee, as an official, you got to know the personnel as much as you know the rules, in a sense. Yeah. Especially in the big game. So. Yeah, you're you're you've got to understand who five is. You've got to understand how five plays, and that was it. Was it was almost like, like you had to say what happened? Like yeah, he the the him getting burnt against uh, Chase is like okay matchup whatever. Mm-hmm. That didn't look the same. No. Like even just off the eye test, it didn't look the same as the Higgins catch. And you have to expect that Ramsey would do a little bit better than that. You can't miss that call. Well, to me, it felt like the ref was looking to make sure that Ramsey didn't interfere with the offensive player and just completely missed the fact that the offensive player basically tackled Jalen Ramsey. I've been face ripped off. Yeah. And kudos to actually Ramsey for handling it 
probably better than anyone would have imagined well, however we think of Ramsey in that moment. He was just shocked. It was shock all around. Yeah. But not enough shock that it also seemed to be to to be skipped. Very like it, there wasn't a lot of hoopla around it in the moment. Right. Yeah. Uh first time since two thousand eight that both teams in the Super Bowl were in the bottom ten in total rushing yards. And we saw that. Uh, Cam Akers, while a heroic return from that Achilles early in the season was useless beyond uh, beyond imagination, and Joe Mixon never really had the opportunity to get into any kind of rhythm. While better than Akers, was effectively still a non-factor for the Bengals. Did the offense, the offensive breakdown, run pass surprise you at all? It didn't surprise me, especially if you listen to the episode and my and my takes. Now the production surprised me a bit uh, i get it with cincinnati i mean mixon looked like he could have had a day mm-hmm. had um had he had the opportunity i thought that there'd be a be- i thought there'd be a better showing by cam makers again kudos for the recovery but that was a thing and then just the stable the workhorse stable that that the rams have nobody found uh any any room to run so it was it was kind of it was annoying because also mcveigh committed to the second down run all the way through the third quarter. It was pretty annoying. Can I tell you what? And like no disrespect to the fella, uh, especially since, you know, he is he's a Super Bowl champion and I'm not. <laughs> let's put it like that. But I have never seen an announcer more infatuated with a mediocre player than Chris Collinsworth was with Ashawn Robinson. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Who cares? Well, when he's in the game, you don't run. You don't run. If he, I'm, I'm looking to see if Big 94 is in the game, and if he's in the game, I'm passing the ball. Just every single like, goddamn time. It, was this for today? Because that's not the general consensus in the league, I'm sure. Quality player, but not the type of guy you are zeroing in on. And it was very much a, oh, you're flashing today. Probably some ineptitude. I think more so, we were... I could have guessed. I could have got a jump on the O-line on second down knowing that the run was coming. I could have. Yeah, the Bengals' offensive line is uh, its embarrassing. Credit to the team for masking it better than the uh, the the um, Chiefs did in last year's Super Bowl when they were playing without both of their offensive tackles, and mm-hmm. Mahomes really never had a chance to get going. Also, you know, Mahomes had the, the toe injury. Mm-hmm. But my goodness, man. I just I did not understand why Ashawn Robinson was such a topic of conversation, and uh, the thing I I didn't understand more than anything else, why did they not throw the ball to Cooper Cup in the second and third quarters? It was the weirdest thing, like icing him out. Yeah, it was so strange. We wanna we wanna really focus on it. Wasn't even Van Jefferson. It was that fourth receiver, Spurnick or whatever the the big. The white number eighteen, the white guy. Oh my gosh! I can't. I mean, I want you. I want him as a rookie. I want you to progress. I want you to get better. I want you to find your spot, and I want you to make your money. As of today, well, as of last Sunday, get him off of my screen. Like it was no. just, oh man, like the. I think the drop off and yeah, Van Jefferson. Okay, game. Okay, game for Van Jefferson. Um, but you just see the drop off when OBJ left the game. It the the, the offense changed. Yeah, for sure. And it just seems like, oh, we can't throw the ball now. Uh, Odell's gone. But Cooper Cup had 147 catches this year. 
And then we saw in the fourth quarter when he just caught every pass. Why weren't we doing this? Also, thank you to uh, thank you to Mr. Cup. I uh, I hit Cooper Cup plus six hundred at Bavada for the Super Bowl for a nice little payout. There you go. Cooper is good for the economy. Yes, exactly right. Cooper Cup, an American tycoon. <laughs> uh, it, it didn't make sense. I, I'm, I'm screaming at the screen. Throw the ball to Cooper Cup. Throw the ball to Cooper Cup. Throw the ball to Cooper Cup. And they're like, uh, I want to see what Cam Akers can do this time. He's given us 1.6 a carry. <laughs> it was weird because for a second I thought, I thought, wow, they're really locking up. Cooper Cup. I really, it, it, it was so mesmerizing how quiet he was, and I'm like, "Damn, uh, they're not they're not letting him breathe." Uh, who, it's you, like no, Darquez Denard, <laughs> friend of the show. Um, he, it was he willed he willed the offense in the fourth quarter, and it's like there wasn't some magical juice. Of course, you get no. that adrenaline rush. Don't get me wrong; he stepped up in the big moment. I'm not taking that from him. What I am saying, though, Chris, is that he likely would have found success in the second and third not-so-critical quarters as well. Yeah. No, I don't think there's any question about that. Uh, no question whatsoever. But the, the game did leave us with a couple of interesting questions, and that uh, is whether or not some relatively important members of this Rams organization <laughs> are going to be part of the organization next year. Now... Earlier today, uh, I would say some of those concerns were assuaged a little bit. But Bavada asks, will Aaron Donald return? Uh, will, will Aaron Donald retire before game one of the 2022-2023 NFL season? Yes, plus 350. No, minus 600. I think it's yes, man. Well, as of earlier today, it did not seem so. But... Uh, Will, will Sean McVay be the head coach of the LA Rams for game one of the 2022-2023 NFL season? Uh, Bavada has yes at minus 850 and no at plus 450. Uh, I also think for bigger reasons that like he doesn't, I don't think he's going to handle this salary cap thing well. I don't even think he wants to. So I definitely think there's incentive for him to be out there. Well, look, I don't think McVay is going to be a long-timer in the coaching trade. When you're the youngest coach in the NFL and you're already talking about starting to retire, you probably it's probably not going to be something you do until you're, you know, Marv Levy's age, say. But right. at the at the parade today, a very um let's not let's not say for sure, a potentially drunk Aaron Donald yelled uh, something along the lines of let's run it back next year and uh, Sean McVay agree said uh, yeah why wouldn't we run it back yeah see I wouldn't <laughs> I'd never believe any player any player on the day of the parade no that's fair <laughs> for anything Emo no matter emotions what are a high and yeah. and inhibitions and are low yeah, exactly. Things are flowing, man. Flowing. It's L.A. too. It is L.A. and it's like seventy degrees out, so uh, yeah, it, on, it is man. very, very much a fairy tale. Although part of the East state is on fire. Um, <laughs> Bavada also asks a fairly salient question with what we were just talking about here. 
Will the Cincinnati Bengals draft an offensive lineman with their first pick in the 2022 NFL draft? Yes, minus 155 and no, plus 115. I think this year's the year you have to do it. You got your playmaker last year. You you pick up the the protection. I think you also sign protection. But yeah, I think they draft uh, their offensive lineman this year. Yeah, you guys uh, ended up with Sewell because they they elected to go with Chase. And, you know, Jamar Chase might be the... It might be a top three receiver in the NFL at this point. It's hard to say that was the wrong selection. But at the same time, Joe Burrow got hit or sacked 70 times this year. Yeah, yeah. So you fix it ASAP because at least with those sacks, uh, he um, experienced success at a very high level passing the ball. So you don't have um, what you typically would get, which is sacks, throwing off your timing, throwing off your ability to confidently make a play. A.K.A. David Carr. That's exactly who I think about vividly. So you're not even running into that. You you won. You 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 made the right gamble. You won. Now you rectify uh, the gap. Yeah. For sure. What a. I don't know. It's just it's it's so interesting that the game has been over for three days, and it's like, all right, what's next? It's there is no time off in in the NFL, and we've even got odds for next year. For Super Bowl 57, and which is, I believe is in Arizona, Bavada has the uh, co-favorites, the Buffalo Bills and Kansas City Chiefs at plus 750, the Rams plus 1,000, the Bengals 11, the 49ers 11, the Cowboys Packers 14, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles plus 4,000, all the way down to those Detroit Lions, Mario Hines, mm-hmm. plus 15,000 tied for the worst odds with the Texans and the Jets at Bavada. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm gonna, f- I'm willing to wager, uh-huh. <laughs> not for the Super Bowl appearance, but we'll be we'll be ahead of the the Jets and the Texans for sure. Ah, uh, you putting uh putting big money down plus fifteen thousand. Big big money. Uh, we're a lot of a lot of parts away, but uh, we'll we'll expedite those parts via what I think is a culture shift. I'm going to keep talking about it because it kind of happened. And that's crazy because every year prior, it was, oh, we're finally getting the pieces and there was just never any culture with it, i.e. Matt Stafford, the talent that he is leaving, getting into a decent culture and thriving amongst other things. So we'll take the reverse. We'll we'll take the reverse order. Now, I um, am interested in the Chiefs being tied for first, not to say their windows closed, but I feel like a little bit smaller. Well, I will tell you that a five dollar wager went would win you seven fifty, seven hundred and fifty dollars if the if the Lions were to win the Super Bowl next year at this point. I'll put it down right now because I'll forget I did it. It'd be a, a nice little nice little uh reminder and, and cap a cherry on top of a Lions Super Bowl victory. Oh my gosh, I w- <laughs> I don't know if I like if I was just heading straight to cashing out, I don't know if I would even take in the football victory. <laughs> I would hope so. Like I would hope seven hundred and fifty dollars wasn't enough that like oh I can't even acknowledge that the Lions won the Super Bowl. I got to get me that seven fifty <laughs> out the door before the clock strikes quadruple zero. Well, fair enough. And uh, I don't think it's going to be a problem. I I don't think that the the Lions are going to be in play for uh, the the NFL's biggest honor just yet. But hey, headed in the right direction, <laughs> and there is nothing wrong with that. 
The five dollars is my skin in the game, anyway. Hey, look, you put you put five down on them. You put five on the Jets, five on the Texans, <laughs> five on the Jags, five on the Giants. You uh, you just pound the bottom of this uh, this list and you know, got a shot. You got a shot to win something. I don't hate Eagles plus four thousand. There's a lot of smoke around uh, a trade for a big time quarterback. That guy's almost certainly Russell Wilson because I can't see them going after any of the other big time quarterbacks. Yeah. So I don't know. Weird shit happens, man. Weird shit. I can't guess. I can't guess where Russell lands. So Philly is good as anywhere right now. Well, I'm going to ask you to next week because in next week's episode, we're going to do our annual quarterback carousel predictions. So I will, in fact, be asking you to uh, to guess where Russell Wilson's going to be playing his football later this year. I'll feel better about it next week. Always one of my favorite shows. Always one of my yeah, favorite I shows. Yeah, I can't wait. Um, a lot of other stuff, though. You know, we've got... I, I think... I think the thing I want to see, I want to talk about a little bit. Let's let's talk about some of these 2022 free agents. Mm-hmm. And I just want from you, are they going to stay or are they, are they going to go? And if they go, you know, who makes sense for them? Yeah. Let's, right. uh, let's start with the biggest guy on this list. Packers wide receiver Devontae Adams. Yeah, so I do not think he and Aaron Rodgers are a package deal. In the sense that he'll stay if Aaron stays. Yeah. I don't think that's a thing. So I'm going to go with go. And best fit or probable fit or where I would like him to go, all of the above. I kind of want to. I mean, he's going out west. He's mm-hmm. going out west. Man. So possibly uh, Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. That's the team um, that keeps getting linked. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that there's there's ample opportunity to be recruited uh, in, in the best way possible. So I'll just I'll I'll uh I'll zero my sights in on the Raiders. Well, yeah, I believe his uh, college quarterback is currently playing football for the Steel? the football team. <laughs> the Las Vegas version of the football team. Mm-hmm. Uh how about Bucks wide receiver Chris Godwin? Chris Godwin interesting because it could go a bunch of different ways. Um I'm just like High demand if healthy. Mm-hmm. Is he healthy? Uh I don't know. I don't know what clearance he gets. If it's not if it's what I think it is, I think he is better suited staying where he is. Well he's got um, he's got the ACL, probably won't be ready for camp, probably gonna miss the beginning of this season would be my guess. Yeah, so I'm not I'm not so sure that you want to test the market hard. Uh so I think he stays. Go back and play with. Uh, well, I have I have a prediction for who it's going to be, but I can't. I can't. Can uh, I? Yeah, I can't share that right now. It's a teaser for next week. <laughs> How about new Super Bowl champion? Now, second time Super Bowl champion, Rams linebacker Von Miller. I think Von wants to stay in a place that is fun loving. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that could be L.A. Money's going to be an issue, though, man. It is. It is. It is. It is. So as I think about. Other places like that, I mean, uh, I think if 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 the money can get situated, I know they're tight to Arizona. Um, I don't know if there's enough snaps to go around over there. Uh, so the Rams are ten million under the cap. Honestly, it's not terrible, but they do have some some people to re-sign. Uh, boy, they're restructuring Stafford too. Right? 
I would imagine. Boy, the the uh, New Orleans Saints are seventy six million dollars under the cap, uh, over the cap right now. <laughs> Sean uh, Payton is a crook well, for leaving I, the way he did. Man. I mean, he doesn't care. He's just he's just at home watching Kevin James play him on Netflix. That's so great too because I don't want to see it. No, not even a little. There's no reason to see, no reason to watch Kevin James star as Sean Payton in an Adam Sandler film. <laughs> I can't grasp it. My brain won't let me grasp any of what you. Just Maybe said. it's going to be Sandler and not Tom Cruise as uh, Iron Man and the <laughs> better <laughs> multiverse madness. Better. <laughs> that would be a surprise. That would oh, be a surprise. Boy. Sandman shows up in the MCU. <laughs> I would love that, and in with the quirky voice, are you kidding me? Oh yeah, doing doing like the uh, the Billy, oh, the oh god, what was that uh, Happy Gilmore voice? Yes, yes, come on. <sighs> that would that that'd be a choice that they made. Uh, up next, the the those New Orleans Saints, seventy six million over the cap, and their uh, their star tackle Teron Armstead is available. Out of there, out of there, where he goes, possibly the Commanders. Uh, sounds weird. Bengals got a bunch of money. Bengals got money. It's going to be interesting how the draft process plays out um, to define higher value, right? And that's where it gets interesting where, um, you know, team like that, um, maybe even, shoot, I don't know how much money Baltimore has. You want If you're a Baltimore... Uh, has nine million dollars, almost ten million dollars. Mm, yeah. If you're the Saints, do you just like? Are you just like screw it? I I want I want Teron Armstead and Orlando Brown. <laughs> let's just let's just go from weakness to strength. I don't know. You might. They I got think... the money. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think so, man. I don't think so. Look, I don't think it's going to happen either. I'm just saying it's feasible. It is. It, that's why I'm laughing because I'm like, the only reason you'd say no is because, huh? But if it's possible, then it's possible. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Arizona Cardinals edge Chandler Jones. I think he stays. I think without question. Patriots cornerback J.C. Jackson. I have not thought about this at all, but typically... He's he's probably two years away from being uh, let go prior to his decline, so I think he stays as well. Well, JC's pretty young. I think JC is uh, 26. He feels like a franchise tag guy to me. Yeah, yeah. They'll let him go before he, uh, right before his worth is decreased. Bears wide receiver Allen Robinson feels like a one-year deal, huh? Yeah. A little yeah, prove yeah. it from somebody? Prove it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just wasn't in a good situation. Some say... He's he's declining. I like to see it. I think this gonna a lot of people would like to see it. Um, I think he could land in a place like I got, come home. I got a place in mind. Well, I don't hate that. I don't hate that at all. But uh, I tell you what, he would give uh, he would give the Chiefs the type of receiver they've been they've been missing. Man, that's real. That's real. Sammy Watkins esque in the sense that he'll make the catch. He'll work the middle. Yeah, gonna think. Got to think. You're getting a one year bargain contract from him. Yeah, and that's then, what they were looking for with uh, what's his face. He end up staying with the Steelers. Well, I mean, they offered Juju pretty pretty decent money, from what I understand. Yeah, and Juju will still be in play for them. But man, I have no idea what he's gonna do. 
Um, commanders guard Brandon Scherf. You got to keep him if you're the commanders. I don't know if he wants to, but I think that the money will talk. You've got to try. Chargers emerging wide receiver Mike Williams. Ooh, this one's tough because market might allow the Chargers, force the Chargers to to make them leave. I think it's just a different game with, with wide receivers yeah. uh, at this level. Um, so I think he's going to go find something good. Um, let me think who could who could offer up. I'll tell you, I have no problem with Allen Robinson, but Mike Williams would be my number one target this offseason for the Eagles. Oh, man, that would be clutch. <laughs> I'll go there. I'll go there with you. Oh, man, that'd be huge. Would also fit, you know, the other team that I watch quite a bit would make a lot of sense in Cleveland with a, a brand new wide receiver core there, more, more likely than not. Yeah. He's going to make some. I mean, it's a really good player, big guy, physical, and he's a deep threat. He fits anywhere. He fits anywhere. That's why it's not. It's 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 the money play. It's all gonna come down to the money play for him. I think Allen Robinson's actually a pretty good, um, pretty good not fit for but in play for Cleveland as well. When you think about uh, resume reputation and what the hell's going on with their perception of things. Yeah. Well, they like those value guys. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And right now, you know, Allen Robinson, as much as he's bumped his head with the Chicago media. In ways, I don't think he's looked at as anything like a problem. So I think he would be welcome. Well, they they signed one of those value guys last season, and Jadavian Clowney gave them nine sacks in 14 games. He's a free agent again. What happens to Clowney? I think Clowney finds one more team um, on on a snap count and uh, another disappointing output. For him. I, I wouldn't say he was disappointing. I mean, injury-wise, it, you know, it's a bit of a bummer. We just we have to realign our expectations of who we think this guy is because he's not an elite pass rusher. He is one of the best run-stuffing defensive ends in the NFL. And if you're getting close to double-digit sacks, cool. But he needs to be on a team where that other guy is a superstar. Is the guy. And so, yeah. you know, it worked real well this year with Miles Garrett. He needs, if he leaves Cleveland, he needs to find a situation where he can replicate that because if he is the guy, you're going to get four sacks out of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think I think that is um, not where he, he's going to go somewhere where he's not relied upon in that way. I still think he takes a dive in number, in, uh, in numbers. I'm entirely possible, depending on where he ends up. Um, mm-hmm. And finally, another... Another former Cleveland Brown, now 29-year-old, now two-time ACL sufferer, Odell mm-hmm. Beckham Jr. Man, I want to talk to him. Of course, a lot of people do. But seriously, like, the mental part of this work mm-hmm. that he's about to go through again, I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know. Obviously, there's value whenever he's ready. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, I think I think the Rams show love. So I'll let have him stay. I think he would prefer to stay. It's just a matter of how much of a discount is he willing to take. Oh, man. He's made his money in ways. Uh, I don't feel like Odell's that guy. <laughs> I don't feel like Odell's that guy, man. <laughs> I thought we were past that. He's got his Super Bowl ring. He made his, he made, he, he made his splash immediately, proving his worth. So he's not chasing the money to prove anything. Maybe he's like a... Environment and peace is what I prefer. 
That doesn't sound right to me, but gotcha. it, it's impo- <laughs> it's possible that he hit his head on the way down with that ACL tear and it completely changed his personality. I don't can't say for sure that's not true. Uh, we're exactly uh, one month away from free agency, by the way. New League gear begins on 3-16, which is also the day I will be watching the Cleveland Cavaliers take on the Philadelphia 76ers and James Harden. Ooh, I know you're so excited about I am. I am not bummed about it. Let's mm. put it like that. As much mm. as I will miss uh, Ben Simmons not shooting, it's going to be a, a real treat. Oh, you've got a guy that'll shoot now. Yeah, no, uh, no concerns about that. <laughs> a couple more of the where will they be's. We've talked about this one a handful of times. And you know what? We're gonna we'll save we'll save both of these for next week because they're both quarterbacks. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna jump down and, and the third one actually is as well. So I'm gonna jump down to the the, uh, the other prop Avada has. Will Dan Snyder sell the Washington Commanders in 2022? Yes, plus 155. No, minus 220. I haven't researched uh, how deep in the hole Dan Snyder is mm-hmm. to shift the stubborn nature that he possesses and has showed us for the last 20 years. So until I do that, he absolutely does not sell the commanders. What do you think is going to happen? And uh, what's your gut say? And I don't have any props on this, but what's your gut say is going to happen in Washington? Because over the last couple of days, pardon me, Miami. Because over the last couple of days, there's been a lot of talk that they might, the owners can force Stephen Ross to sell the team if it's proved that he uh, he paid uh, Brian Flores to tank. No, oh, he's done. It's, it's happening. That's one thing I can see coming. So you I think, think it's you a think matter it's gonna, of time. They're going to gonna force him to sell the team. Yes, I think it's a matter of time. I think this is one of the bigger things, and they have to wash it. They have to. All right, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna hold off on buying the Broncos because I would much prefer to own a team in Miami. Come on, man. Of I just, course, I just think it's better. I just I I'll put a nickel down whenever you're ready. <laughs> I'm, there's a minority owner joke here, but I'm gonna, <laughs> given everything that's going on, I think I'm gonna avoid give me that steak. landmine. <laughs> give me steak. Ah, <laughs> uh, man. How do you feel? This is going to be the first weekend, not counting the Pro Bowl weekend, that we have not had football since you know August. How are you feeling? I haven't sat in that chair yet, Chris. I haven't done the thing where I'm like, okay, what am I going to do this weekend and get to Sunday and realize I can do whatever the hell I want mm. because there's no football games. I haven't got there yet. So as I think about it now... I'm kind of sad. I'm going probably going to crunch numbers uh, and um, NFL articles, draft articles. I think it's time. It uh, yeah, it's gonna be weird. It's always weird when football ends, and then once we get to the end of the basketball season, because I just like I'm like, oh shit, there's so many more hours during the day. I really wish the XFL. No, <laughs> I don't know what we're gonna do. Man. You have the USFL if you want. When is that launch? I don't know, but I pray to God it folds so quickly. <laughs> Who owns it again? I'm asking you like you're a representative. Oh, it's, uh, I don't know, Jack Whitehall. Actor Jack Whitehall owns the oh the USFL. I don't, I'll look it up. I have no clue who owns the UFL. I, I, yeah, I'm I know like, The I Rock know. owns the XFL. I thought it was someone cool like that. Uh, uh, the president is a gentleman by the name of Brian Woods. The owners are the good. National Spring Football League Enterprises Co. LLC, and it, apparently it's Fox Sports. 
That made me so mad. I shouldn't even. So Fox Sports owns the USFL. Fox Sports owns. Which I mean, I guess it's nice because you have an in for for television, but you know the uh, the AAF and the XFL did not fare super well. There is no there is no turning point until you are actively competing with college football in terms of recruiting. There's nothing you got. And I hate this. Everybody plays in the same stadium stuff. That's what they're doing in the USFL. Every team, their home is Birmingham, Alabama, regardless so of what, what the teams are. For instance, the Houston Gamblers play in Birmingham, Alabama. I'm logistically, mm-hmm. <laughs> they practice in Houston. No, I'm, I imagine it's entirely all in Birmingham. I can't. Again. Pardon me, I am not. I frustrated myself. Hey, they do so. have two fields, though. <laughs> they have Protective Stadium and Legion Field, and one of them is twenty four thousand uh, seats bigger than the other one. Oh, that's oh, that's the Super Bowl of their. Yeah, are they holding that one off? I'm a, I'm a big Philadelphia Stars fan in the USFL. Super hype! I uh, can't wait to see what GM Bart Andrews and and uh, head coach also Bart Andrews do. Uh, <laughs> Do it this with this <laughs> roster. Damn it, man! I'm sorry for even asking. This is horrible. <laughs> Kevin Sumlin, uh, Skip Holtz, Todd Haley, Jeff Fisher. Kevin Sumlin? Dude, there's names. There are names. Kevin Sumlin doesn't have a job. Kevin anywhere else? Kevin Sumlin is working for the United States Football League. <laughs> oh, this is not going to last, man. Along with <laughs> along with Skip Holtz, who like I've always thought. He looks like like a third rate corporate attorney. Like that's what yeah, I that's it, what I think of when I see him. He's like not a football coach. Not at all. I don't I I I have to look into this even further. I didn't know that. I thought they were serious. I thought they were serious. They are Todd Haley serious. <laughs> that guy, a leader of men if ever there was one. And I just want to know how many losses does Jeff Fisher have to have in the USFL for it to count as one for in the NFL? Because I want him to be the all-time losingest coach. No, we have we need to come up with a metric for that, a, a currency trend, uh, a currency exchange for that. Because yes, because yes, Jeff Fisher deserves all all the football losses he can muster. At this what is he going to go over there and do? How do you mediocre the mediocre? Well, wait, I don't know if this is going to change your opinion here, but. He is the head coach of the Michigan Panthers. What is he doing here? Well, he's not here. He's in Birmingham. Yeah, well, correct. Yes. <laughs> and like, yeah, we're going to have the this Michigan league Panthers. and we're going to give them all team names and we're going to, they're going to be based in states, but they won't really be because they're all going to play in Birmingham, Alabama. It's like, it's like build, build your fan base. Like there's going to be connected, committed fans. They're never going to run into any of these guys. <laughs> also 38 man roster. It looks like. Oh, it's seven on seven. Uh, I don't know that that's true, but in fact, it's definitely not because looking at the positional breakdowns, <laughs> but yeah, 38 man rosters. Is, no uh, one's going to get hurt at all. Uh, like, well, there is a person. seven man practice squad, which I believe, <laughs> I, I believe I'm on two of them. Yeah. I was going to say you would have to be spreading yourself thin, but they'd have to have contact. Well, and they have, and I'm going to go play for Mike Riley because I want I want to be able to air the ball. Yes, Mike Riley has a job. I'm a New man. Jersey. Oregon I'm State. a New Jersey general. That's insurance, no? 
look, the general is an insurance. Look, I feel like we said enough for this week. Uh, all right. Well, Super Bowl's over, and here we are. That's going to be it for this week's episode of the Underdog NFL Show. For Mario Hines, I'm Chris Wardell. Thanks for listening. We'll see you back here next time.